Hey listeners, are you ready to create your new favorite classroom at school? One you will find new ways to keep using over and over. And by the way, did I mention it doesn't have four walls? That's right. Today we are giving the outdoor classroom a makeover or a startup. Either way, you won't want to miss this episode. Welcome to the iHeart STEAM Teacher Podcast. Science! Where teachers like you come for the best classroom vibes. School will be fun! Discover fun methods that engage with students to collaborate and communicate beyond their comfort zone with project-based learning. It's all about the students. STEAM with style, creativity, and critical thinking in the classroom while also turning up in the teacher's lounge with your host, Bonnie Kirkley. I've got an important meeting in the teacher's lounge. Now, full steam ahead. All right, listeners, welcome to this episode of the I Heart STEAM Teacher Podcast. Today is the 2022 episode, the first one, and it is all about the outdoor classroom makeover. I've podcasted and blogged about the outdoor classroom before, but today is even better. I've been working very diligently in the outdoor classroom space at my school, and I cannot wait to share with you all of the things you have to start getting into place. So first of all, I'm going to share with you one of my best hacks, but let's just talk about this space. I know that we have so many different types of school facilities. Some of us are in buildings that are more multiple levels. Some of us are in buildings that are one level, but all enclosed, and it's quite a way to get outside. So how do we define this space, and where do we make it? We may already have a space like this. I'll tell you a little bit about my space. My space is right outside of my classroom. I happen to be in a school facility that was built over 60 years ago when the outdoor concept was very much a part of building. You had your classroom, and when you exited your classroom, you were immediately outside on a walkway. So we've got lots of little areas, kind of like courtyards. And right outside of my classroom, I have a very small courtyard-type area. It's not that big, maybe about a 1,000 square feet. There is a large hallway right across from my classroom that leads into the media center, And kids come outside and use this area all the time. First, it just started as a place for kids to come outside and read. But we really wanted to do something. The grass won't grow there. It's just, it's an awkward space. So we have repurposed it into an outdoor classroom. And it is amazing. The best part for me, I can utilize it with my classroom at the same time. I can have some students inside and some some students outside. And COVID actually really made this happen because we needed to spread out. So I'm going to share with you what makes this classroom successful. The biggest hack that I can share with you, and I had no idea that this is what it would be, is buying quality storage. There are so many outdoor things that you can do, and there are things that are not meant to be outdoors. They're just school resources, but they're more suited for outdoors because they might be messy. So I'm going to be sharing with you my three recommendations today 
for storage that you will want to get your admin to start looking into. You might want to do a donor's choose for it, but these are amazing. The first one I'm going to share with you is my favorite one. This is a potting bench from Amazon. It is a cedar potting bench, and on top it has a stainless steel potting area, which we do not use for potting. It has little backsplashes all around the area so it kind of keeps your resources enclosed and I put things up there that students passing by or using the area can just simply walk up to you and start working on. Underneath it is a fully operational cabinet with two shelves inside of it and it smells amazing. It goes directly up against the wall and it's under a catwalk so it's out of the elements, but still in the elements. I love it. I keep things in there like outdoor dice, outdoor games, outdoor checkers, all sorts of things. Right now, on top of the potting area, I've created two little iceberg landscapes that I've laminated with my personal laminator, put a few little penguins out there, and I have this amazing natural wood subtraction and addition set that goes with it. So we've got word problems where the students can act out what they're doing with the penguins on the landscape and then also set up that equation with that really cool wood addition and subtraction resource. Love it. So that's my favorite one. It costs about $170 from Amazon and I will put the link into the episode notes. The most used outdoor storage that I have is a 63-inch cedar cabinet with four shelves, and it was also purchased at Amazon. I put things in there like kinetic sand kits, sensory kits. Um, let's see. We've got lots of materials for the mud kitchen in there. I use it the most because we put the most things in it. And those are some of the most favorite resources for my students to independently explore with. Then finally, this is the must-have storage that you need. There is a 71-gallon resin storage that is also a bench students can sit on. It is similar to the ones that you might use near your pool or patio area for cushions and floats. What do we put in there? We put those large building materials inside of it. One of the most favorite things that our students are using in this area is a set from Lakeshore that has two or four towers and it has ramps, two different kinds of ramps and balls that they can essentially build pathways with. And it's meant for students ages three to five. But let me tell you, we all struggle, including adults, trying to create these really cool paths for the balls to go down. And it is just a wonderful way for students to learn and explore. These benches, we've purchased four because we have a lot of other large building materials that are super affordable and we can organize them. It's essentially a tub that's meant to go outside and keep your materials out of the weather and ready for students to use on a beautiful day. 
So that is one of my best hacks that I can share with you. And another really amazing hack, kinetic sand is so wonderful for students to play with. I'm going to share with two, I'm going to share with you two hacks that I have for kinetic sand. You can buy little kinetic sand kits, but there are boxes by Play Therapy, and they're about two feet long, one feet wide. They close, they're very sturdy, keep all the materials inside of it. And so it's all enclosed right there, ready to go. And I keep it in that 63-inch cabinet. And then I also purchase the splash mats that go under high chairs so students can spread out outside on the sidewalk, on the grass, put the kinetic sand kit right on top of that little splash mat, and the sand stays clean from things like grass and dirt and other things. So you can re keep reusing over and over. And I also love them just for anything that has lots of little parts because it encloses, it gives them the area, it defines that space. So those are my really great hacks. The storage, the play therapy sandboxes, and the splash mats. And I love keeping these things outside and ready to go. Now, I've told you about my space. What can you do for your space? You may already have an outdoor classroom. These are some things that you can do out there to make it better. You may not have one, but you have a way to get outside. Perfect thing to do, especially for STEM, is to take your students outside, tell them what this project is. You want to create a space for them to have an outdoor classroom and go survey the areas, figure out the best place, where they want to be. It does not have to be large. If you don't have catwalks and covered areas like we do, what can you do? You can keep some of these storage type things near the end of the hallway where you're going to be exiting. So that way you don't have to carry it all out there with you every time because having these things right there when you get outside ready to go is essential. Most people think of outdoor classrooms with um, raised beds, gardening, and those types of things. But I want you to start thinking of the outdoor classroom as just a space to get outside and do so many STEM-related activities. The biggest important thing here is to make sure that those materials are accessible easily to you and your students. And that's why you need the storage near that area. So that is my biggest, biggest word of advice and hack that I can give you. Now, those of you that are sitting here thinking outdoor classroom, outdoor classroom, I've sort of explained, you know, most of the time we think of an outdoor classroom as a place where we've got raised beds, we're gardening, and we're doing those kind of activities. But I'm just start thinking of it in a little bit different way for the K-5 student. Having a mud kitchen is amazing. And no, you do not have to get muddy. Buy the natural colored kinetic sand, keep it in a tub, and allow them to use that instead of mud. It, it basically is mud, it packs together, stays together. They can find all kinds of cool things to make in that kitchen. And one of the neatest things that you can do, you can make them yourselves, but they're readily available on Etsy, mud kitchen recipes. And the coolest thing about this, these mud kitchen recipes actually have students put ingredients into their mud kitchen um, creations that are identified by the natural name. 
So while your students are creating in the mud kitchen, they're also learning how to identify nature. Pine cones, certain kinds of leaves. You want to look around and see what you have available. I'll tell you that I didn't have everything available for students. So I've ordered a few little things here and there and I kind of keep them in a tub. But I love to let students maybe head over to our pollinator garden and collect a few things that they might put into their mud creation. And they just have the best time. I have never seen students so engaged in what they're doing. And they're really learning how to identify items in nature. So cool. And I truly love it. You can have many things out there. And laminating with a personal laminator is the best way to keep these things ready to go. There can be cloud identification, plant identification, insect identification. And speaking of insects, one of my favorite things that I have out there are little insect collection kits. They like to learn how to actually find insects. And it takes a while for them to do this. It's not something that they can just do very quickly. Many students quite enjoy it. And then once they've found one, they collect it in a safe way that we've gone over. And then we identify it. There are apps like the Seek app that you can download onto iPads and maybe your personal phone and help your students actually identify these things when they find them. Such a great learning experience for them. The outdoor classroom is just an area designated, and that's important. It's designated. They know it's their area. So if you have a limited outdoor space and you don't have the courtyard type, facilities that I'm explaining. What would be neat? You let your kids find the space and then you create some nice signs and things like that with your classroom name, label, label it as outdoor classroom. And I promise you that once you get this started, others will want to join in and it will grow and it will become a beautiful place and an area that your students beg to go to. And just simply taking them out there to do your regular reading groups, math time is so great. You know, instead of using linking cubes down in kindergarten and first grade when you're doing some adding and subtracting, use leaves. Use little things that they find outside. They'll want to know what those are and you are doubling up and you're teaching in a multidisciplinary fashion and they're learning how they can be a scientist and a mathematician at the same time. So the outdoor classroom is my favorite STEM area to teach in. Now, what other kinds of things can you do in the outdoor classroom? I'm going to share a list of activities that you can easily do, and you probably have some of these things at home. I've already talked to you about the mud kitchen and the mud kitchen recipe cards. Having tools out there like mini pie tins, mini muffin tins, all of those things really help them to be successful in that mud kitchen area. The kinetic sand. There are kits where you can buy molds for dinosaur bones, creating cupcakes and ice cream. Some of them just have simple mechanisms for them to play with and learn how things move. They quite enjoy it. So the kinetic sand is a must. My sensory bins, I love those. I've got sensory bins with colored rice, sensory bins with things like beans and corn. And I like to use those to teach standards. How do I do that? 
I make them search and find sensory bins. So you're going to need a couple of pair of tongs. A simple plastic tub will work. I like using a low wood um, tray. You add in that sensory element. And let's say you're working on ecosystems. So you're going to create some cards that have different ecosystem names. And then inside the sensory bin, you're going to put elements that they might find in those ecosystems. They'll search through there. They're being, they're using movement. They're using visuals. They're looking, they're creating. So they're not just taking a piece of paper and drawing an ecosystem or a food web. They're not just reading about it. They're actively using so many different ways of thinking to create it. So I love just putting vocabulary stations, scientific creation stations inside of a sensory bin. Love it. Again, one of my favorite things is for them to build out there with larger building materials. I love that as well. If you look into the iHeartSteam Teachers Pay Teachers store, I have multiple sets of outdoor classroom activities. Some are seasonal, some are anytime, and I also have them for upper grades and early grades. Like one of my favorite ones in the early grades is a color hunt. You know, we're learning color words. I love that. So you can go there and find tons and tons of activities. But there are so many ways to take your regular reading and ELA assignments and make them an outdoor assignment. When you take your students outside, their senses are engaged. Why? Well, first of all, it's very visual. They are also engaged with feeling because there's going to be a temperature they can feel wind, they can feel cold, they can feel hot, they can feel the sun. There are smells outdoor. And when senses are more engaged, learning and retention is higher. So taking students outside to do your regular you know, instruction is going to be better for retention. I highly recommend it. If you're not really sure what I'm talking about, go to explore some of those materials that I'm telling you about in the iHeartSteam store, and I think you'll say, oh, I get what she's talking about. That is the gold mine, the activities that you put out there. We're not just gardening in the outdoor classroom. Now, here is what you've been waiting for. I didn't mention it earlier, but I'm going to share with you the one rule that manages the outdoor classroom with total success and it's the best for your students. Yes, that's right. One rule, friends. One rule. Here's the rule. You may have gotten the gist that my outdoor classroom activities are lots of independent stations. When students have more choice on their independent stations, again, retention is higher. Also, that is the way their brain was created. The young person's brain was meant to explore and figure things out on its own for higher learning experiences. They're missing these experiences when you teach your regular instruction, and so they have nothing to connect to. So when you're doing some, maybe some science instruction, they really don't have things that they can connect to because they haven't had these independent playtimes. So how do we manage it and allow choice? You know, a lot of us like to rotate students through stations. That's not always the best way because they're not getting a choice. They're just getting time to be independent. So what can we do? Here's the rule. 
And the one that I like the best, you can change it up, but the one that I like the best is the open and closed rule. For my stations and my independent things that I have out, and I don't always have everything out, open means there are less than two people at that station. Closed means there are two people at that station. So students can get up, come and go as they please. I always ask them that before they just get up and leave something, they tidy it up slightly. So if someone else wants to come along and sit down, they're not just sitting down to a mess that the other student was working with. Open and closed. If two people are there, they can't go over there. It's closed. And I let them stay as long as they want. Now, every now and then when there's a really popular station, if someone's been there for 20 minutes, I kind of say, hey, you might want to try something different and let some others have some chances to get over here. I've had zero problems with this. Kids move back and forth at their own pace. They take care of the items and they're super excited. Now, how do I let them disperse? You cannot say, okay, go find your station to 15 or 20 kids. They're going to run crazy trying to get to the first one they want to first. There are lots of ways that I disperse them. One of my favorite ways is my birthday, and I start with the month that we're in. Okay, you have January birthday. All right, all January birthdays, go find your station. I do change it up because that's not always fair, but every new month, I start with the month that I'm in. Sometimes we go by, excuse me, sometimes we go by alphabetic order of name, backwards, forwards. Sometimes I find cool ways to group them up and they don't realize what I'm doing. And then I let those different groups go in an order to go find their station. That's the key. You have to disperse them in small groups at a time. And then they follow the open and close rule. And it works. I promise you it works. And if they come up to me with a problem, I tell them, it's not my job to figure out your problem today. You know the rule, it's open and closed. So if it's closed, it's closed. If it's open, I do always say, hey, make sure you ask that person if it's okay if you join them. And if no one's there, obviously it's open and someone needs to sit down and work on it. That open and closed rule allows them to have choice, move freely, and enjoy what they're doing and be totally engaged and interested and feel like they actually have a little bit of important freedom at their school where this is not always the case most of the time in the classroom. They don't get a lot of choice, not true choice. So this open and close rule is a gold mine. Please try it out. It might not, you know, you might have some kinks in there, but keeping, keep going with it and it will get better and better and better. Now listeners, I hope that you get this started I'm glad you joined me today, and I want to tell you that that is a wrap on the Outdoor Classroom 2022 makeover. You can read more of my Outdoor Classroom blogs at iHeartSteam.com, and you can see visuals of these items. I have one question to ask you. Do you iHeartSteam too? Oh, hey, listeners, before you go today, I have to tell you, STEAM University, it is about to open back up again. What is STEAM University? It is a complete where to start, how to begin, how to make it better, all the way to the end. Are you ready to make your classroom totally STEAM-focused and STEAM-driven? 
while not adding extra to your classroom, but integrated into your daily instruction for true multidisciplinary instruction? If you are, STEAM University is ready for you. It's about to start up with its fourth cohort. All you have to do, go to the iHeartSteam.com website and get on the wait list and be the first to know. Thanks for joining me.